All right. Good morning. It is Monday, November 7th, 2020. This is DC Signal to Noise. Since we last talked, Russian President Putin has transformed the deal to Ukrainian grain exports into a negotiation tool. U.S. President Biden addressed the nation, declaring that democracy is at risk in Tuesday's vote. The Federal Reserve raised the Fed funds rate by three quarters of a basis point. Crude oil futures climbed back on the top side of 90 bucks a barrel. The Cyclones finally won a Big 12 football game. Congratulations to the Houston Astros and manager Dusty Baker. They are the champions of the 2022 World Series. I did not win the Powerball and Election Day 2022 is one day away. Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Chip. Yeah, I think, well, you still have another chance tonight on the Powerball. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't worry. No, I've, as, as of this point, uh, the way I see it is I've got like six chances. Okay. How's since that? I've got the six numbers. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, can you imagine? I can't even imagine it. You, you know what? I will come back one more time if I win that. One more time. <laughs> Just say goodbye. To say goodbye. Right. <laughs> well, you know me. I'll keep working. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I figure you probably will. Yep. Um, you got your way. Dusty Baker got his championship. Dusty Baker Jr. got his way. Yeah. I And I think a lot of people, former Cubs fan, I mean, Cubs fans, uh, uh, Nationals yeah. fans, uh, uh, he has had a, a illustrative uh, career and he's just a good person. Yeah. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, let's go ahead and get in. Mention this. And oh, by the way, by the way, if you would like to participate in the conversation, or if you've got a question, a comments tab on your screen someplace, click on that and type it in there. Uh, our producer, Big Apple Joe Stackler, will be watching that. I'll be watching that as well, and we will get to the questions and comments as as uh, as appropriate. Um, I mentioned it in the open, and I'm going to go straight to it because this is something from last week that I think we need to address. President Biden's speech, you know, the democracy is at risk. It's a theme that President, former President Obama, pulled into his weekend uh, appearances. But we talked about it on the on Friday on the free for all. I got some negative feedback on on some of our comments, Jim. More com more my comments than yours, but I will say this: the positive feedback I got outnumbered the negatives by ten to one. Hmm. Tells me that a majority of listeners agree that this was a divisive election season address delivered by a sitting president. Didn't feel right at all. Yeah. Well, there's always two sides to any topic. But again, sure. when a president speaks, he should speak for all Americans and not segment out a group. Uh, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it, it gave the signal that he's identified one group that it would almost be the end of democracy. And it's a bit overkill. Now, his own party is criticizing some in his own party yeah. is criticizing him. And if they, if the Democrats do lose at least the house, maybe the Senate, they're going to point fingers right at the strategy of the democratic party in particular, Biden, along with those comments he made uh, uh, last week and also in Philadelphia that were even more somber. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. We'll get to to uh, uh, some of the election uh, projections as we get into what to look for this week. But to, uh, taking a look at what happened last week, I'd, let's go ahead and jump into Russia because Russia has obviously turned the negotiations or the uh, deal on Ukrainian grain into negotiation deal. They want to they can get more so that they can get sanctions uh, on Russia lifted to allow those exports. Yeah, you're cutting up a little bit, at least from for me, Jeff. I, I'm not quite sure why. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I see that. But Putin, uh, yeah, he, he is clearly he's used this uh, uh, grain pact as as a leverage before, and he'll do it again. That's Putin 101. He wants to get more of his fertilizers, uh, wheat, uh, and uh, and and other commodities uh, exported at favorable rates, and it'll happen again. I would be shocked if if uh the pact ends on november the 19th it's just not uh not his flavor to do so okay so if if this is going to be an on again off again situation leading right up to the 19th isn't it yes yeah oh he'll stretch it to the end right right okay uh the but this this ongoing conflict is is something that obviously is going to be a a big impact for the markets going forward. One of the things that you had in this morning's update, Jim, that kind of raised the hair on the back of my neck was was that President Biden's top national security advisors have engaged in recent months in confidential conversations with top aides to Russian President Vladimir Putin. Seems like there's a whole lot of conversations going on beneath the surface. Yes. Well, you know, that that has been rumored before. Now we got the fact. Uh, the U.S. wants a negotiated settlement here. They don't want this to drag on and on for years, a la Afghanistan, a la Vietnam, and Afghanistan relative to uh, when Russia was bogged, the old Soviet Union was bogged down. Uh, <clears throat> Ukrainian's president has been leery of this, and now he also said over the weekend, oh, these drones coming in from Iran has decreased the odds that we can have a negotiated settlement or at least talks, Chip. But sooner or later, something's going to have to happen here because, I, as I've said before, the hardest question I get in my speeches is where does this conflict end? How does it end? Yeah. And it's uh, the most palatable way is negotiations. But when he's pillared the country, uh, the infrastructure, uh, the crass killings of the citizens, uh, it, it's hard to negotiate if, if you're on, on the Ukrainian side. But this clearly shows, I think, the, the bent of the sum in the Biden administration. And I would imagine Ukraine is not uh, happy about what they're reading. Right. You know, some of this got into the energy markets last week. We've got crude oil futures back on top of 90 bucks a barrel. But there's also the claims by uh, of Saudi Arabia that Iran is getting ready to attack Saudi Arabia. It, 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 this is just one of those that just seems so unlikely to me. But I, I, they must have some intelligence that suggests it's going. It, it, it's a possibility. Yeah. Then you also have to watch Israel. 
watch Israel in this one here coming to the defense of, of its allies and they don't waver at all. Israel doesn't. So right. yeah, it's, it's called a potential powder keg uh, and, right. and literally on it. And, and the market, especially the wheat market is very volatile on, uh, on this situation. It certainly is. Let's stay on energy here for a little bit. EPA and growth energy agreed to a two week extension of the RFS proposals deadline. Boy, just when you think a court-ordered deadline is, is going to get you the results that you're looking for, you get a two-week delay. It's happened before, and yeah. uh, Pro Farmer had last item on front page two issues ago speculating that this would likely happen. Yeah. It was an easy speculation item, Chip. Reason? Uh, EPA has still not sent the rule <laughs> over to the office of management and budget so yeah and that can take it, 90 days it can take it can take a while you know yeah. at least two weeks so th th this was just going to happen you know yep. as uh farmer ag secretary dick ling used to say uh if you don't like it throw me in jail i need the rest anyway <laughs> <laughs> oh too good too good okay uh the jobs data that we got on friday Non-farm payroll increases 261,000. The average trade guess was around 200,000. Unemployment rate ticked up to 3.7% uh, from 3.5%. This isn't a bad enough jobs report to sway the Fed from, from pursuing higher interest rates, is it? No, the best... Uh, economists that that i follow chip say we need a number in the low 100s yeah. like 100 to 120,000 uh and before uh it's a clear signal to the marketplace that those uh, prior interest rate rises are really starting to hurt and uh, right. it's coming oh it's coming I don't know whether it will be the next report or two reports. And bottom line for the Fed, that actually made them, I'm not saying they were happy about it, but uh, they made it clear, at least uh, Chairman Powell did, Jerome J. Powell, that uh, they're going to, uh, you know, don't even talk about a pivot yet, you know. No. Uh, they're going to uh, too early to speculate rates and, and longer than, than the market thought. So yeah. we're talking by the time they at least end, uh, we're into that five to 6% range on the Fed funds rate. Yeah. It, the, the comments in the, um, the post meeting press briefing with Powell, uh, he is clearly, clearly not concerned about overshooting. No. With with the interest rate increases to slow the economy, with the idea that an interest rate reduction will be very quick to re-stimulate the economy. Uh, I don't know if that's right or not, but but he's not afraid of overshooting on the top no. side at all. Not anymore because of no. his and the Fed's prior mis literal mistakes. And he's probably also looking ahead. He'll never say this publicly. Looking ahead to the, uh, uh, the, the mandatory hearings in Congress next year, early next year, I think February sometime. I'm going to have to look up those dates yeah. in which he appears before the House and Senate panels. And uh, with a republic, likely Republican-controlled House, he knows he's going to uh, be really pounced on. So he has to be aggressive right. in fighting inflation. Right. 
nine days until the uh, deadline, or I, I guess until the, the vote is supposed to be completed uh, to ratify the tentative agreement between the labor unions. There was another approval over the weekend, right? Yes, and we're having a couple more. The biggest uh, unions coming up soon, Chip, and the one, one or two that uh, voted it down can can always resurrect it, uh, unless they really want to uh, 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 play this uh, the congressional card. You know, Congress comes back, and there won't be any stoppage until Congress has a chance to deal with that. Now that's high anxiety mode, okay. but uh, an, uh, at least one, if not two of those unions want to pass the buck to Congress and let them settle it. Right. Another one from over the weekend. And this one, uh, some I think are still considering this fairly low priority, but uh, USDA confirmed a, a high path avian influenza in a commercial poultry flock in mississippi uh we've if, if we get it into the south jim and somehow some way it gets into the broiler houses yeah whoosh yeah oh it, it's uh, some people tell me it's not a question of if it's when jim oh, uh. they're wrong but i know here we go again it it just tells you how it's similar in that regards to the hog sector one that yeah. if it gets on the border which it's near uh yeah. <clears throat> again the clock is ticking again hope i'm wrong but the, right. these things have a way of spreading right okay late last week the whole world was kind of like oh here we go china's finally starting to loosen up they're going to reevaluate their zero tolerance policy on covid and then over the weekend, Chinese officials came out and said, hey, not so fast. We're not getting rid of it yet. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, I told Brian Grady, editor of Pro Farmer, that, you know, I don't see them officially confirming a change until March. There's another party congress or another high-level meeting uh, taking place at that time, Chip. So uh, now the uh, Chinese equity markets uh, closed higher today. Uh, which told a number of traders that uh, they don't believe these officials who are squashing it. I think that's something to yeah. to note. Uh, but Apple, uh, yeah. iPhones, et cetera, is really concerned because it, it, it's really impacting the production of their high-end phones, of which I have their latest, and it's a good one. But uh, <laughs> they're, they're warning uh, people who want it now, they're going to have to wait longer. So it's biting Apple. Now, uh, it's usually China telling Apple uh, what to do. Now I think Apple's putting pressure on uh, China as well, maybe at the highest levels. Okay. Uh, the Chinese soybean imports in October, when they would normally start loading up with U.S. soybeans, the lowest in eight years, Jim. Yeah. I don't know exactly what this is telling us, but it doesn't, doesn't make me feel good about the Chinese economy. No. And let me put a linkage on this to to U.S. trade policy or the lack of it. This is why we have to expand our market access to other countries. We can't find one market as big as China right away, but uh, a number, uh, and, and the commodity groups are very good in trying to find markets, uh, India, oh, yeah. uh, et cetera, Latin America. But this shows you, you, you have to uh, get that market access talks going 
around the world, and uh, we just have not that much. And I, th this is going to be one of the longer-term implications of any uh, Republican takeover of the House, because you're going to have pressure put on the Biden administration, in particular U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai, of why aren't we expanding market access? So, you know, watch this unfold in the months ahead. Right. Okay, before we get to the elections, we've got a comment here from Gary uh, well, and Melody. We'll jump on Melody's comment first. She was there right away. Surprised. Good morning, by the way. Surprised by the number of acres of corn left to harvest in Ohio as we traveled uh, th through on Saturday. Good progress here in Iowa from what I've observed. At that Ohio and parts of Indiana, remember, they got planted really late really late and, and it wasn't all the acres but it was late enough that it's pushing back this harvest and and it's uh we we look at the harvest conditions in iowa we had two inches of rain on uh friday into saturday jim uh, very welcome from my perspective i saw the mississippi river this weekend and i can tell you that it's coming up it, that's and right. that's yeah that it, that's great news but we've made really significant harvest. Guys, we're back in the field already uh, on Sunday afternoon after a two-inch rain. That shows you how bad we needed it. And uh, I think we're going to continue to make some pretty good progress. And, and, and progress Ohio has a history of harvest-related yeah. issues. They just, I can't remember how many stories we've had in Pro Farmer over the years. Right. Okay, and this one from Gary. Jim, has there ever been a walk-back wing for a president this overworked? No drilling comment at the rally in New York over the weekend. He says, there's no drilling. Yeah. Uh, he put the kibosh primarily on drilling. And, uh, and then the investment money uh, has uh, squandered any significant increase in drilling because of the we're going to do the crude oil or fossil fuel industry in. So it's, it's not hard to explain. <laughs> How would you like to be the press secretary for this president and have to walk back as many statements as this as this core has had to do? It's rough. It is rough. Yeah. 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 It's just bad. Just bad. It, okay. You don't want to comment on this much today, do you? No, because, I mean, now the die is cast for Biden. He's not going to run again. He can't run again. And if he does, he's going to have significant challengers from his own party, especially after they see the results uh, uh, after the midterm 40, elections. Well, we we'll know in the House, but we may not know in the Senate. 44% approval rating, lower than Trump at the first midterm, lower than Obama at the first midterm. Uh, that is an indicator, uh, you know, at the president's first midterm, uh, at, at President Obama's first midterm, Democrats, Democrats lost something like 60 seats in the House, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had more to lose. Now, remember the last right. election, the Republicans gained 14. So that's why you're limited. But, you know, over the weekend, there were some kerfuffles amongst the 
political prognosticator is one who's my friend and you've had on AgriTalk, David Wasserman of the Cook Political mm-hmm. Report and others of chastising them. Why do they have so many house seats, for example, in toss up categories? Because somebody has to win. So why don't they lean a certain yep. way so we can get a better picture? And it looks like David's going to do that sometime on Tuesday, he said. Okay. Uh, well, you know, the poll results are coming on Tuesday. It, what are your expectations, Jim? How do you think this is going to play out? I'm at the top side of most of the ranges on the House side on the net games of the Republicans. I'd be in the uh, 20 to 30 area, maybe even more, depending on how certain groups split. Independence it looks like they're leaning toward the Republicans, look the Hispanic vote, I think the Republican Party is capturing more of the prior uh, spread that they usually had with the Democrats being favored. And even the suburban white uh, women voters, basis the Wall Street Journal survey last week, is trending toward the Republican Party. Uh, the minorities, just not the Hispanics, uh, you add up all that, and, and it's a mini-wave uh, election in the House, but uh, not so in the Senate. I think that's a candidate issue uh, up and down the line, both parties, but primarily the Republicans. And on Biden's poor poll numbers, Chip, uh, I'd like to point yeah. out that in most cases, the Democratic candidate is polling above Biden. That shows you his problems. Okay, so to what degree is that going to get the Democrats over the line, irrespective of Biden polling so low? Right, right. And it does look like the strategy of Obama out in a a, a more active role in this election is paying off because the enthusiasm of the likely Democrat voter has has picked right right up and is it, I think the latest polls showed that it equals the enthusiasm of the Republican voters. Absolutely. And and that's another indication of how some late issues can can really change some outcomes. Obama is still the star of the Democratic Party, and and he's using that luster there. And although not all of his comments have been uh, more of the pragmatic side, a lot of them have been when he gets to the average American chip he says you know they don't want to think about all this stuff and don't don't throw so much mm-hmm. at them and most americans understand that so i think he's hitting a beat right there okay house gop leader you meant that uh, that they're looking at the history mccarthy i think it was just yesterday was was rallying for three Hispanic GOP women that are contesting to represent key districts along the southern border. Boy, that yeah, seems uh, like three yes. very important votes for the House. Oh, oh absolutely. So the, the nine of the campaign, we're going to watch those southern area, Rio Grande area in Texas and see if the Republicans did uh, you know, do that well, as the polls tend to suggest they uh, they will. Now, the Hispanic vote is not monolithic. You have the Hispanic vote in Florida, Cuban-oriented, where in Texas it's uh, Mexican Im- immigrants and things like that. So with that caveat still, 
as an aggregate group, uh, they they're they're favoring more than they historically have on the Republican side. So uh, definitely, and the the and McCarthy as the likely new House Speaker, if the Republicans win, Chip, he needs probably twenty five or more net gain. Uh, so he has more freedom in the uh, he and his leadership in order to do what they really want to do rather than worry about the far, far, far right people in his caucus. Right. You know, it's interesting. um, Pelosi's abilities as house speaker in the current Congress, in the current house uh, has, has been restricted by the, by having to, uh, you know, answer to, I guess, the Deal progressive that. side of, of her party. Yes. Uh, how how much of a majority needed for McCarthy to rule, to rule, <laughs> that was a, to lead as a moderate? Well, I want to see the spread. Uh, and it, it, could, it could force him into a similar aspect. Remember when John Boehner, was the Republican leader in the House. He was wedged in from the uh, Freedom Caucus. So, oh, definitely it can yep. be limiting uh, on that. And, and you know, this is a reason why Pelosi was uh, internally upset because she, had it not been for the so-called progressives in her party, the far liberal candidates, AOC et al., uh, uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, she would have gotten some things much earlier that she wanted rather than waiting months and months to have to deal with uh, mansion cinema from her own party as well. And that cost uh, time. That cost time. Yeah. And that can happen okay. to the Republicans. And already we're seeing uh, the White House is beginning to signal maybe a November uh, meeting uh, in person between uh, Chinese uh, leader yep. Xi Jinping and President Biden, but if the if the House goes Republican, they could they could uh, give a direct signal to Biden: you better not be too weak on China. So you can see how right. the implications are already starting. That's exactly where I was going to go next, Jim. You know, just say let's imagine that the Wiesmeyer projections are on the mark here, and and the GOP claims. Uh, decisive control of the House has a majority in the Senate. What does it mean for those China relations? And boy, uh, it, 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 <laughs> with, we talked about the powder keg in the, in the Middle East that is obviously exists. You look at, at North Korea, South Korea, China, Japan, the, the, the potential powder keg that is in Asia. Yeah. Is very concerned. Well, China's watching closely the trade talks between the U.S. and Taiwanese officials in New York this week. So it's just another irritant in the U.S.-China relationships or the lack thereof, Chip. So, yeah, but bottom line, if just one of the chambers goes to the Republicans, let's I'm assuming the House will, usually the markets like that because there's more certainty, believe it or not, that not many things will happen. Uh, There won't be another uh, fiscally spending bill. Uh, You know, the odds drop significantly for that. And so and then if the Republicans go too far, uh, Biden has the powerful use of the veto. So but you watch the markets usually react 
positive, positively to split uh, governments. And there's a history after midterms that the market goes up significantly over the four to five months after the midterms. Yeah. Well, business likes stock. They know what rules they're going to be dealing with going forward for at least a period of time because neither party is going to be able to get anything done. Yes. And and this could go into the Fair 2024 enough. elections as far as yeah. their outlook, because depending on how Florida goes, look at the spread. Uh, we don't know yet of of how much uh, Senator Marco Rubio is going to win his Senate race and also Ron DeSantis. Uh, this could give him a stepping stone right. to the 2024 Republican nomination. Uh, so all this, this is just not implications for 20. 23 and 24, but it's the next presidential election as well. As Adam says here, this is a completely different political dynamic than, say, 10 years ago. Can't argue that. No, can't argue that. And uh, we, we need some stability. And that's why I personally think that I think the independents are the key, not only this election, but if Trump does run, the rumor is that uh, November, nothing's really a rumor to Trump. He signals everything. But yeah. around November the 14th, he'll announce. But the independents are going to be a big drag on any Trump candidacy because the majority of independent voters will not vote for him again. I, I've had yeah. too many conversations around this great country. So yeah. watch the independents. As far as a different political dynamic, absolutely. It's just uh, the, the visceral relationship. And again, I want to go back to what former Ag Secretary Clayton Yider from Nebraska, he's no longer with us, told Pro Farmer many years ago that more stability in Congress will come once we have a true minority party that cannot come back into power the next election. We won't be there after these elections. But if the if the Democrats don't regroup and go back to uh, their forte of how they won prior elections more for the people mm -hmm. rather than doing this choice versus uh, a referendum on the party's decisions. Uh, the Republicans could be there in a few elections as Very the good. powerful party, as opposed to the Democrats, a true <clears throat> minority. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, Jim, uh, this week we get the crop production and world egg supply and demand report. That comes on Wednesday. On Thursday, we get the Consumer Price Index for October. Uh, both of those reports, um, well, I should say all three of those reports are going to be very important for the markets going forward. And I'll be uh, Wednesday, American Ag Bankers Association meeting in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. So I'm going to have to be up all night to do my presentation. And then later this week in Kansas City to Farmers Mutual in Hale, may, we should know pretty good what happened in the House, but we yeah. still may have some lingering battles in the Senate. Georgia could have a potential December 6th right. runoff, squeezy tight in Arizona, Pennsylvania. So we could just be uh, waiting for those uh, absentee and mail ballots to be counted in uh, in in Pennsylvania, I just hope some people in the Republican Party don't cry foul just because we have to wait again, Chip, to be uh, honest with you. That's right. All right. Thank you so much for listening this morning. Today on AgriTalk, we've got Machine to Repeat and Dan Bosby. This afternoon, Don Close from American Ag Credit. That's this afternoon at 206 Central. Have a great week. Get out and vote and keep watching for those signals. <laughs>